0: on, no, if I have a gunshot wound in my leg, I don't want you to touch my leg. So in the same token, I can understand giving somebody a chance, but it depends on the circumstance. Now, you have right now, independent you have senators, independent senators, government senators, and you also have um, opposition senators. Opposition senators can give you some clue as to how they would represent you if they were MPs. Independent senators also but the government senators have a distinction in that they can be made ministers. And Fortuna for Belrose, for example, is a minister. Mary Isaac is a minister. Herman Gil Francis is a minister. And what it does, it allows you to see how they would perform if they were in government as an elected member of parliament. It gives you an idea because you see how they perform with a ministry, a portfolio of ministerial responsibility. Now, from a perception scale in St. Lucia, the most important ministry tends to be the Ministry of Finance. Then you have Ministry of Health and Tourism are probably tied for second. And second place, which would leave probably Ministry of Agriculture after that, and so on. Just in terms of overall ranking and external affairs. So, if you have ministers, you hardly will find that you'll put a junior minister or a young newbie to be your Minister of External Affairs, or to be your Minister of Health, or to be your Minister of Agriculture, or to be your Minister of Tourism. But the Stevenson King administration and Sir John's administration before that from 2006-2007 did put Alan Chastney to be the Minister of Tourism. He had been head of the SLHTA. He obviously has family in hotels. He has friends and foreigners. Everything about him is hotel-oriented. That's why you see San Lucia being run like one big hotel, except that all of us are galley staff and, you know, line staff that work in there. Housekeeping? So, for those who don't believe, and those who don't want to know or understand, there is always a need to refresh the memory that this is actually not our first go-round with Shastney. For example, people say, boy, Shastney talking about the South and this and that. When he ran for Sufre, Sufre generally qualifies as being in the South, I would figure. You never ever heard him speak about Viewfort. You never ever heard him speak about the developmental plans for the South. He spoke about Soufray and his tourism mecca and the breadbasket and all the rest of that type of stuff. It was when the Cambridge Analytica people that used the same template for Trump to make him run as a businessman outsider. That's how you act in business. That, That whole thing was born. And basically, we thought we were getting the business acumen of Michael Chastney Sr., which would have been welcomed in government. But we got Alan Chastney instead. Now, again, for those who do not know their history... I'll give you a little example of how we got here, and we could have known, and people said and spoke out, we took it for a joke, and now the joke is on us. So let's start off in Soufra. Mama,
1: Soufra, for Saint-Jacques! St. Lucia's number one tourist doesn't know the language. Père Doesn't know it's a district.
2: A parish that has a driving volcano. A parish...
3: ...doesn't even know the people's values. Posseja
4: is the place that is most affected and that is the place that is most neglected.
2: But he sure knows how to spend your money. And when these monies have been made available to Sufer.
3: And wrongfully take credit for things. He thinks he
2: can buy votes. I have delivered to them. I am now expecting them to deliver to me.
0: So... We already knew the people of Sufre rejected his offer. They thought they found him to be reproachful. They already spoke about being vindictive. You heard about the abject preference when it came to the distribution of Hurricane Thomas relief supplies that some people would have cases of water stacked up in their home if they were dressed in yellow or party supporter. And the labor people or people that were not seen to be supportive of him or the government that he was trying to become an MP for. What did they do? They literally just had to stay and starve. We heard about tourism, Ministry of Tourism bags being used to deliver relief supplies. So all what we're seeing now with the Massey bags, all what we're seeing now about the reproaching of people, none of these things, the vindictiveness, none of these things were new, except if you were not paying attention. And the people of Sufra looked at all of that. For example, you have the Shastney Drive and you think, boy, why wouldn't you have named that after Arsene James? Why wouldn't you have named that after Sir John? Why wouldn't you have named that after some great Mikudian, somehow, Cessen Descartes Lane? I don't, no problem. But note, well, he already did it before because a footbridge was built and he was not the MP. He used Taiwanese monies that should have gone to the consolidated fund, used it for campaigning, used it for a project in terms of that whole bridge. And at the end of the day, had it put in his own name. Most people wait till they're out of office, or at least until they have proven themselves to have some sort of legacy project. But he didn't care because, like I said, an amoral character. So people like myself did try to point out the obvious, that there was a value in consistency. That there was was a problem with how he saw St. Lucia and what we would see. You don't remember? Again.
5: I am Mikud. I am the queen of Mikud. All kneel before me. Hey, last but not I try and teach that boy how to speak patois there. But is he learning anything? I must make it work. So,
0: so, so you think if I learn to say things like Bondier and Mamai and Thomas, Thomaso, Tomazo, and Babu, Babuno, Babuno, uh, you think then they'll, they'll vote for me? I <laughs> yes, I don't care. So long as we could make them people
5: think we care, I could. Now focus. laqua mango Oh, mangoes! I, I, I love mangoes. Mama. Only hotel. No, it's a Creole. But Creole, who passed away? What? Where am I must find a solution. One more. Okay. Boss man, I'm where the Oh, I know. I want to be on the bubble list. Somebody put me on the bubble list.
0: But once everybody stopped laughing, nobody really cared because... You see, one of the things people like myself completely underestimated was that we all said Chastney didn't know San Lucia. And he doesn't. But he knows enough about how San Lucians see him. He knows that San Lucians always look, with a colonial mindset sometimes, at a foreigner. Foreign exchange, tourism. That any white person, Caucasian, whatever, that comes off of a, a truck, a, a, a ship, a boat, a plane... Right? We look at them and we try and, you know see how we can make a dollar from them. So with a name like name, with an accent like that, and with all of the social graces, I'm sure many people have always been trying to use him. And at the end of the day, he was never popular, but the point is that he knew that people would look not at him in terms of himself, but the opportunity to have, first of all, for the UKP, somebody who could campaign finance. Somebody who could raise big money. And, of course, make a deal. You don't like me, I don't like you. You don't know me, I don't know you. We're not friends. But if you do sound engineering for my events, when I get in government, I'll help you out. You can pad your invoices. If you do ads for me, then I can take you on, even though there's NTN and GIS to film all the ministries' work, I will give you superfluous work to do contracts and pad your contracts so that you can have your film company and make all of your extra money. And, you know, that basically was the standard operating procedure with everybody. Most people, whether it is Romanus Lansico, Kenny Anthony, my father, Remy Lesmore, you name it, all had, Stevenson King right down the line, Sir John right through and through, all had people that they grew up with that loved them. But even the elite class of St. Lucia, or for lack of a better way to put it, let me put it in artfully, white St. Lucia, because the majority of of them are generally in the upper echelons of society in St. Lucia, not in other islands necessarily, right? They also told you that he was relatively, not Alan, but alien, because he would just come to the yacht club and goofy, goofy basketball was the only thing he could talk about. Right, And then you hear that, like I said, the different schools, Compre, College, Donata, and everywhere in between sent him over to Martinique for school. A.G. Simpson can tell you a lot about that from him going over every day to Souffre. He even told Sportsmax that he used to ride a horse to school. So I can't doubt any of those things. But the bottom line was that he knew that it was a transactional thing. And there's a saying, exchange is no robbery. So all those who wanted to use him, They could use him. All of us could use him as long as we voted for him. And now the tables have turned. So where are we now? Now? This not being the first go around, we're actually on the second go around, and with the help of Cambridge Analytica, it looks, or Emma Data, whatever they have themselves down as, it looks like he's going to get a third chance. It looks like he's going to get another five years, unless San Lucian's steal their nerve, steal their resolve, strengthen their resolve, and come to the conclusion that this is not about red versus yellow, but this is about right versus wrong, which is something that myself, Richard Frederick, Cuthbert Didier, and many others, Stephen King and others, have been preaching. As to whether it's getting through, I'm not sure. I can only hope so. And you have the examples glaringly every day. But I want you to think about it. We went from laughing at him, and now, around the region, we are the joke But folks, we wanted change.
5: And we got change. Even the name of Saint Lucia has, has changed. You don't even know that? Just no Saint Monsieur qui parfait ici. Monsieur qui pas s'identifier avec nous. Monsieur a juste changé. No Saint Nous connaissons Saint comme Saint Ça <m> ne chasse <urges> maman ici, t'aimes ça.
2: Maman, salousi. Maman, salousi. Mamai, salousi.
5: Maman, salou. <laughs> maman, salousi. Maman, il <laughs> Mamais salusi, monsieur qui cote qui salusi. Where is salusi? Mouvle sal qui cote salusiye. Es salusi c'est au cote es simplici. Mamais salusi.
0: Mamais salusi. And you see, it's about your priorities. Not just his, but yours. In the same way that he was prime minister for over a year and a month before he decided, after a Labour Party protest in Castries, to then go to visit St. Jude's and Victoria Hospital. But he was able to fly all over the world, all over the world, run up the credit card, more the, the office of the prime minister's credit card. He, he went over Kenny Anthony, what Kenny Anthony had charged on that credit card. In five years, Chastney did it in less than eight months. There's a year's breakdown, but in less than eight months, he had already run over that. What's your priority? Now, we are all up in arms now about how he doesn't understand us. He doesn't represent our values. He never did. Although, maybe he did. Maybe Shastani is a reflection of us, that we don't respect our values. Maybe this is a teachable moment in history, that we put somebody whose own values and own immoral behavior are so antithetical to us now, but at the end of the day, isn't the truth of it that basically at the time we were well open and happy to make a deal? It cannot just all be about Kenny Kenny and get Kenny out. That's not what it all was. Some people said, hey, he's a businessman. We're going to make money. And you see the logic or the amoral posture of Let's make a deal is like this. I will tell you, blow up one of the Peters. Go to industry social and blow up one of the Peters there. Right? And you tell me, never, that's my patrimony. But if I give you the contract and I give you a company like Fresh Start, hey, that's business, you have to take it. That's how I like them, fellas, but I have to take the job. That's work, that's business. And that allows for everything to be conflated. So look at the United States right now as much as there are deaths left, right, and center, they're pushing to reopen because business must go on. In St. Lucia, we have a much better argument because according to the health officials and the prime minister, we have for the most part contained the virus. So if we don't open up for tourism, but at least we open up our general local economy, it seems to make sense. But again, the point that I'm making is, now we have to ask ourselves, because we're on the cusp of re-electing him, and I'm not talking about the UWP. UWP stands for what it stands for, or maybe it stood for what it stood for, because people like myself personally believe that the United Workers' Party died with Sir John. You can't say Giroudi. Compton continued on. Stevenson King just let it fetter down and bleed itself out. And now Shastinem just picked up a brand name and a color, and they're trying to pimp it out. So much so that last week... Chastney actually tried to go to Compton's house in Maho, his private home in Maho and his estate, uninvited with government security and everything, and he was refused entry. Now, you ask yourself, what could he? He probably wanted, Cambridge Analytica again, wanted to take photos to show that he was in the land or in the home of the real general, of the father of the nation, of the Mapipi Compton you know, and try and make you buy that same bullshit again. It's the same way they're reintroducing racism. It's the same way they're reintroducing classism on their terms. It's the same way they're telling you about his tough love. It's the same way they're trying to reshape his image by recycling photos from 2015 of him playing football or of him playing cricket, you know, that type of stuff, playing dominoes. It's all the same gobbledygook. But the problem is the consequences of the disconnect. Because now even those who support him he can't connect with. So ask yourself, San Musha, can we go another five years with a disconnected prime minister on his own agenda while even his greatest of supporters cannot communicate with him? <laughs>
5: I deserve
2: it! it
0: awkward but even beyond the awkward it's an analogy for what we are experiencing now a prime minister who can be in an agricultural constituency when he kept saying i am so committed to agriculture in 2015 and now while the people need help with fisheries and agriculture what you giving them you tell them you're going to give them a water park in bosha Water parks don't get business and cannot rely on a business model of local support. They must have tourists, whether it's in the States and the Six Flags, Walt Disney World, Epcot Center, you name it. But no worries. This is the revolution. Stay tuned. (laughs)
1: If you haven't checked out Ram J's Auto Parts as yet, what are you waiting for? We stock our wide assortment of older and newer model popular car and SUV parts. Suzuki, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Honda, Nissan, Mini Cooper and lots more. That's not all. Ram J's also stocks truck and heavy equipment parts. And if that won't help you, we also do heavy equipment rental to keep your downtime at a minimal. Ramj's Auto Parts is located Massad Industrial Zone Grocery. Contact us 450-0495 or 716-1400 or email ramj35 at hotmail.com.
6: Tip of the day number seven. Avoid using unhelpful coping strategies such as tobacco, alcohol, or other drugs. These can worsen your mental and physical well-being. Need help and support? Please contact us at the hotline 311, psychosocial support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, the OICs Commission and UNICEF.
5: Oh, it, it, it's E Kelly. Oh baby, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. pour me water, mm, holy water, mm, quench this fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, pour me water Some holy water, make it quench this fire. Everybody want me, make I know fall in love with you But I know answer them, I tell them, say, are you Right now you come and then you play me for a fool I'm out here wondering, waiting, I do Yeah, oh baby Pour me water Holy water Coin this fire yeah. You're watching UTV TV for you.
0: Welcome back and thanks for staying with us. Those of you locked in on ninety two point one and ninety one point one Hits FM, also Hits Radio. Those of uh, those of you locked in on UTV one two four on Facebook, and of course UTV one two four on. Instagram. IG, thank you for being with us as well. Folks, the saying is, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot govern effectively for the people of St. Lucia and at the same time be trying to line your pockets in blatant, brazen corruption. One must suffer. There's no greater example of that than St. Jude's and healthcare on the whole. The Prime Minister seems to like glorious things, like a child... That has never seen toys is what the phrase is. He likes things that are exciting, like causeways and horse race tracks, all of the things that speak of opulence. While a country's healthcare is something that people believe they have a fundamental right towards. Healthcare is expensive, it's not sexy, and people don't necessarily give you the points that they should, because they figure that you're in government, you're supposed to give them good health care. So there's always been a back and forth, and he himself has said that he was holding out on health care. And one of the greatest lies told was in 2019, telling people that he never intended to privatize health care. But at the same time, the evidence is there to contradict. Now, in listening to this clip, I want you to pay particular focus or particular attention to what he says when he speaks about Doing the same thing if you privatize the services of OKEU, doing the same thing in the South. Just take note of it, and I'll explain everything from there.
2: for the, the last time, which I doubt will be the case, that there is no intentions on my government's part to privatize OKEU. And there never has been. So hopefully, again I'm on record. I make, a, I make it publicly known clearly that there is no intention to be able to privatise OKD. Okay. okay? So this sinister perspective, Mr Speaker, by members of the opposite side to to look at something that is a simple issue to to to, to deep, dig deep further, to believe there's some alternative motive other than simply protecting the workers of St. Lucia, I have to say to you, it's farcical.
0: Speculation is rife that the Owen King EU hospital is being privatized, with assertions coming from various sources, including former government ministers. Prime Minister Alan Chasse has shed some light on the situation, indicating that the involvement of a third party for the operations of the hospital is indeed in the cards, but will not
7: reveal specifics. This coming a few days after a memorandum of understanding was signed to with the EU, where the Prime Minister indicated that the government has been doing and will continue to do,
0: all in its power to have the facility finally opened in its entirety.
2: We are in advanced discussions with a a third party um, to uh, take on certain responsibilities in the the hospital. The first one really is the radiology center. and then we'll be following up with that with hopefully a comprehensive management structure. Um, and then once then that's completed, we'll also then include the hospital in the south. But underlining whatever agreements we have is being able to change some of the fundamentals and solutions. says he anticipates the opening of the Oenking EU by the end of 2018.
7: Privatization of the hospital, according to the prime minister, is the preferred route.
2: We've made that, we've made that point clear is that we would prefer to go into a private structure. We've made that point clear, is that we would prefer to go into a private structure. A private structure. We've made that point clear, is that we would prefer to go into a private structure.
5: Solutions! The truth
2: is what you believe the truth to be.
0: So whatever was going to be done or is being done, because it's actually still happening, they've just found different ways to buy time with Cayman, giving them different contracts. Note well that Cayman are not health consultants. So when they get work from this government in that sphere, that's not what they do. They are healthcare facility operators for profit. End of story. Their forte is tertiary care. Boob jobs, nose jobs, breast implants, whatever you want to call them, um, rhinoplasty, um, knee replacement, hip replacement, end-of-life care like cancer, radiation therapy, chemotherapy. That's what they do, Kimo And you now need to understand the implications for you. Now I say that because even today as we have the strikes going on outside of St. Jude's, recognize that the Prime Minister who just this Sunday Apologize to everybody and ask for forgiveness. Like I've said, even if you have to forgive him for what he did in the past, and I'm going to do that. What about the actions right now that you can change tomorrow or change today? The people at St. Jude's from the time that the roof was taken off are even more vulnerable now. You and I, as a layman, may think of a stadium and figure, if you take the roof off of the stadium, then it doesn't make any any difference because you still have the concrete and the chairs and the seats. But St. Lucia's only structural engineer alive today, Tom Walcott, said that the facility had reached its limit state maybe eight, nine years ago. People like Mark Hennicott and them spoke about how having the exposed rafters shaking and everything would make the structural integrity even weaker. And that the chairs were made of the same fiberglass material. So when the rain hit it, it would sort of form a sort of goop which would run in between the cracks of the buildings, between the, the, the liquid and the fiberglass fibers. And the problems would remain. And if you don't want to believe all of those people... One of, Chastney, one of Chastney and Guy's main men, who is now even employed as a consultant in the Ministry of Planning and also Economic Development, he, St. who is one of Guy Joseph's greatest lackeys, is also an engineer. He's the one that tried to tar and feather the existing St. Jude's facility. He said as far back as June 2016 that once the roof had come off,
8: The consultant engineer stressed that the roof is already compromised and it is better to come down in a structured operation. However, he said once the roof comes down, it will set a series of events into motion. But once the fiberglass sheets come off, it means the process now to remove the rest of the roof must follow in a sequence. That's it. It
0: must follow. So um, the the moving of uh, the hospital from this facility, it must happen. Once this sheeting comes off, that's it. There's, there's the, the sequence of events, you'd say, has started. So um, the, the hospital must be taken off from this stadium in the shortest possible time. So where does that leave us? It leaves us knowing that from June 2018, this government should have taken the workers, the orderlies, the porters, the doctors, the nurses, and most importantly, the patients out People like Mark Hennicott and the Engineers Association and also the St. Lucia Medical and Dental Association commissioned a study which showed that for nine million dollars and three months, in three months, they could have taken everybody that was in the George Odlum Stadium. Now, all those who are outside striking as we speak, they could have been put within three months and nine million dollars, they could have been put over in the East Wing, which is bigger than the medical footprint of the entire George Odlum Stadium area that's been occupied for medical purposes. Three months, $9 million. Instead, they put containers. They gave Terry Valse a taxi driver, that's one of Guy's henchmen. They gave him to put rusty containers, old Chinese containers. Nobody knows of the safety or standards of these containers to hold medical supplies they had holes in them, rust. You saw rats biting um, and rat feces over um, medication, syringes, and so on. The videos are there. I can always replay them. And then you saw people like Jack René, the UWP Gade, that would get to do the plumbing and all of those things. And they gave direct awards. Guy even took over and did debushing, yes, to clear the area. Debushing, rather than move those people over there. Now the PR is boom because elections is around the corner. Around the corner. Not around the corner, down the lane. Around the corner. So they promised they were going to finish St. Jude's. After they stopped the project for two and a half years to do an audit. They gave one of their friends... FDL, $980,000 to do a technical audit, and they did 90% of financial audit, which could have been done for free by the audit department of people who are working, public servants who are working in the audit department in the Ministry of Finance and Government. But instead, they gave it to a set of engineers who still did a financial audit. The audit never showed technically what it would take to complete St. Jude's, but on page 162, it does recommend the completion of St. Jude's in its existing form, but that did not suit Guy Joseph's narrative and Shastner's narrative, so it never came out. Now, I don't know if you remember, Shastner always spoke about how the Cayman city and Cayman group always liked a hospital to be one big box, just to be one big box. Well, folks, here's your one big box once again you are getting another dose of the same impressive renderings something that looks nice and glorious and then you have to drill down on the details i'm
2: very very excited and you know look we have two new call centers um you know ojo is expanding mm-hmm. and then we have a new call center starting in the middle of june in in Viewfort, which are creating jobs um we're also seeing the employment from st jude's i mean St. Jude's is looking oh, yeah, it's absolutely Beautiful. amazing. And again, you know what? That's a project that's, I think, going to break the back of all the naysayers. Oh, yeah? And when people see that hospital and see the, the, the standard of that hospital compared to what was being offered before, I have no doubt that all the pressure that we're taking, that people will go, go away? okay, wow. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. hats off to the government. But we'll, we'll, it will soon, soon come.
7: So we are at the entrance of the building. Um, that will be the main access point to the hospital from the St. Jude's Road. Um, that's where visitors and patients will be entering the hospital. And at the entrance, you, you, once it is complete, you will once you enter the hospital, there'll be a, a very large lobby area with very high ceiling and also reception. And um, so, within this reception area, we have a ramp and two steps that will take you from the entrance of the building to the first floor, as well as the roof. This new um, hospital we're building, we have actually three buildings. Um, we have a very large main building, and then we have two auxiliary. We have two auxiliary buildings. Um, the two auxiliary buildings, Block A and Block B that that will house dialysis and physiotherapy the main the main building which is block c d e f and g that's where the main hospital function will be carried out this is a very modern hospital and um we went the the designers went to in lens to actually make sure that that all if we have all facilities that are available to a modern hospital um, we even have um, a helipad on the roof, where, in a case of emergency, in case of any, in case any patients have to be transported by um, that means by air or by helicopter, it can land on the roof, and that patient can be transported. And we started in October, um, at the end of October, and right now we're probably about eighty percent complete. So the project, we, we divided the project into several um, phases. We have um, the structural phase, we have the cladding phase, we have the NAP phase. Right now, we have the structural phase, which involves just the skeleton of the building, which is columns, beams, slabs, and any other concrete structure. In all, we have six components in those structures, and we, we subdivided the, the woods into groups of, there are 10, subcontractors
1: executing those works such so that we could move
7: as quickly as possible i started here from the beginning the first barrel concrete that go here i put it yeah i put that all right and then from the time i started i never had a problem with worry. i moved from the building to formwork from the formwork so peter called me and he told me he had something better for me i said what is it and he gave me the biasing building. Yeah. And I tied, started the building up to where is it is right now.
1: Well, under the project, we, we have a, we had, the, those contractors had their own crew. We
7: have a steel contract, steel contractor who had about 120 workers employed. Then each of the contractors may have about 15 to 20 workers employed with them. On, on average, we have about maybe 200 workers employed. The original completion date for the project was for that, for that phase of the project, which is the structural phase, the original completion date was set at in the end of May. Since we broke the work into several components, the work has moved quite quickly. We were ahead of schedule initially, but the COVID uh, t- um, set us back a little bit. We're looking at a new projected completion date of sometime in mid-July. That's for the structural phase, which is the actual skeleton of the building. Okay. Once the structural phase is complete, we'll move to um, a second, the second phase of the project, which is the cladding phase. And then there's another phase, which is the MEP, which is mechanical, electrical, and plumbing phase. And once MEP and cladding is complete, then there comes finishing and civil works phase of the project, which is roads and and uh, the final completion of the project.
0: Set of people that have gotten it good in the world with regard to this government is people who do renderings. Because if there's one thing we've gotten, gone the days where you used to get an actual building, we really have renderings from DSH to market renderings to hotel renderings to airport renderings, seaport renderings. Now of course we have a wonderful, wonderful set of renderings there. And you have to say a big, massive thing. Looks like a mall. Looks like it could fit probably about six to eight dahe malls inside of there. And then, once you get past that initial wow, you then have to drill down on what is being said. The government says this phase, phase, right? The framework phase is 70% complete. The guy who was interviewed there, the main person who's been interviewed, the engineer, said you are 80% complete in the framework phase. And he expects to have the structural phase or framework fra- phase completed by July. But that's only one phase. After which, there is the cladding phase. Then there is the mechanical phase. And then there is the finishing of civil works, like roads and stuff like that. Already, they took the parking lot area to build this. So, as you can see from the, over- the overview there is no space for parking, but that's, let's call that a minor detail for now. Now, it has been pointed out by people like Kenny Anthony and other engineers, John Peters being among them, former chief civil engineer in the Ministry of Infrastructure under Sir John, that, first of all, the subterranean infrastructure, because a hospital has to be built sequentially, in that whole set of construction that you see there, that the subterranean infrastructure that links the buildings, the old buildings and the new buildings, the old structures are connected underground. None of the new structures are connected. So that means a whole other set of spree to connect it. Drilling, boring holes in the same things. A hospital would have things like nitrogen and oxygen running throughout it. But this hospital or this building doesn't have it. When people tell you that it's a glorified warehouse... What they also mean, which has not only been pointed out by Kenny Anthony, Moses, Musa, Jabatis, and others, Alva Baptiste, and others as well, is that it does not even have water and electricity provisions. And even worse than that is that in the middle of a water emergency where people need water for life, instead, all water that is in the south is being used for this project and the Wasco project. Now, the finish date... It's supposed to be somewhere like 2022, but they say they're going to finish it before elections, and elections could be as soon as August this year. So now they have changed the marketing. Cambridge Analytica changed the marketing to show you an impressive set of concrete and tell you that the framework phase, and you can see it on the Prime Minister's page, on GIS and NTN and the Government of San Lucia's page, the framework phase at 70%. I'm even going to give it 80%, as the man said a while ago. But note well, that is just one phase. Now, the people are going to be in hurricane season. Those are the George Orlum Stadium very soon. And from 2018, when they could have been moved into not this new building, but the East Wing, which Guy Joseph has stated publicly outside of government buildings a few months ago, is still only two buildings were knocked down, according to him, of the 26 structures, leaving 24 structures remaining, and those 24 structures include the, the East Wing, the original East Wing and Surgical Wing, which could house all of the people from St. Jude's right now, without a hurricane having to impact them in the George Orlum Stadium. That's not happened 2018, 2019, now 2020. And the prime minister could make that happen because now he has realized the error of his ways since he's gone to find religion by sitting on this lady's show, Miss Collymore. Now, with all of that, no water, no electricity. You know what Shastney said in the house? He said they were going to slap the water and electricity onto the side of the building. But it still is so curious because, as Kenny Anthony also pointed out, the only approval that was given was approval for the framework. In other words, uh, approval to build a box. And what they did, they put the same pounds per square inch. In other words, the strongest concrete is throughout the entire building because nobody knows what is going to go where in the hospital because everything is being played close to the vest. Now, I say all of that because... For those who are going to boast and all the be hacks that you're going to see, boy, look at that, they're going to present to you a box. You know, like a Jabba sack, you're going to get a present, a nice empty box. But then there are still two more phases. It's also going to be, as big as it is, a downgrade from the existing hospital that was there. Because what was being built as St. Jude's, as much as it's not a big glugler mall, It also had accreditation and was going to be a general hospital. But as Guy Joseph readily admits, this is going to be a level 4 facility. And a level 4 facility is actually a district hospital, a downgrade. So if you have to do major surgeries, you'd still have to go up to OKEU. Now, Chastney and them are waiting to win elections so they can fully privatize OKEU because the business model of, of Cayman is for tertiary care. Tertiary care, like I said, is things like um, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, um, knee implants, heart valve replacements, and those heavy money-making things. But what we need in St. Lucia primarily is secondary care. Secondary care is when a plane crashes, God forbid, or there's a mass casualty accident, somebody has a gunshot wound, people in a car accident, something, a tendon is severed, or something like that, or heart surgery, these kinds of things. Trauma for accidents, for people who have um, whatever, they, can't, they get past first um, primary care where they go to a health center for diabetes or hypertension, they need secondary care. That's the point. Now, With this massive place, you remember, Shasne has pointed out that healthcare in St. Lucia costs $80 million. This is the same man that gave up $54 million in VAT, but he then said he could not find money to finance healthcare at $80 million. $50 million for OKEU and $30 million for St. Jude's as it was. With this massive building that still has to be connected to 24 other buildings existing, and is duplicating much of the same functions of the East Wing, the Surgical Wing, Diabetic um, Center, whatever, whatever, was already in the original building. In doing that, and those buildings were 70% complete, in doing that, not only is he duplicating that, but it means that operating that hospital is going to be an absolute impossible nightmare. The operating costs are range anywhere from 80 to $100 million a year. And for all the $100 million, that was spent on between the stevenson king administration and the kenny anthony administration we are now spending another hundred million dollars and we're only getting to the end of the framework phase which means that to complete this hospital we still go to need to get another hundred or two million dollars to go through guy joseph's charge um cladding phase mechanical phase and financing civil works phase so three more phases but we'll only hopefully get the end of phase one. Now, you heard the prime minister say that they wanted it for the south, the same thing they want to do for the north. Cayman knows that St. Lucia doesn't have enough of a population for them to make money. They have too many Maliways in St. Lucia. Even the middle class has been brought down to Maliway status under Shastney. Everybody, now they even want to tax your hustle, tax your little apartment. Now, all of that said, Cayman, the only way they can make money is if they have both facilities. If you are in the south, for some strange reason, they believe that it is fa- it's perfectly fine that you have to go up north to get major surgeries because they're giving you a polyclinic. They have not connected any of the subterranean infrastructure. The building has no water, no electricity, and no DC approvals for those things any which way. And there are one or two approvers that they've got you know, done by round robin. In other words, done over the phone and passed, not without any major consultation. But I say all of that because let's say all of what I'm saying is resolved. And somehow they were to miraculously finish this hospital in totality. And even if they had the money for it to open it and the money to operationalize it, even if they had all of that money and a health insurance plan that Shastney promised would be done by 2019, December 2019, and we still haven't gotten a white paper, as Janica Simon asked, and he refused to answer. In other words, we haven't even gotten to the point where there's a document proposing an overall framework for national health insurance. The worst part about it is the building is not accredited. Now, folks, we have Mark Hennecarter as an engineer who will explain what accreditation means. But simply put, If you are not in lockstep with an international agency, an international medical accreditation industry, the building could be built, finished, you could put all equipment in there. Nobody's going to be allowed to legally practice medicine in it. I want to ask you, Mark. I want to ask you.
5: Was your firm involved in the construction of HTS building?
6: At Mourn Fortune Studios? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah y'all did that we did that sure. good Who was Neville. that ne- Neville. Neville. Neville? yes yeah is I mean, it, the same is <laughs> the same food <laughs> and y'all also did cook that's right cook is shot in the fatherhood right that's right. good
6: all right and the can informally you know creole the <laughs> Creole one the Creole did, one yes, yes. that's
5: a Creole. crew Creole. so y'all did this y'all didn't y'all didn't creole. have a club
6: that's right there was an interest in the in there as well we did have a club you all did have a club and the dive school and the
5: dive school and sandals
6: yes we did some work out there the the back of house um facilities very well yeah. the only reason the very simple and only reason why they must build a polyclinic in viewforth is that they would not get accreditation for anything else at this stage you can only build a health center. That's all. It will not get accreditation to do any of the type of of delivery of healthcare service that even the George Odlam Stadium is offering right now. Because George Odam will pass as a temporary hospital and it will almost like a field hospital. But so long as they're talking about permanence, they will never get any of the PAHO or World Health Organization um protocols to overlay on that facility. The next thing is that from what I'm gathering, they have not had a single conversation with the people at St. Jude. Now you can't design a hospital and not talk to the user groups and the director of healthcare or the, the chief surgeon at St. Jude to for them to guide you with their own protocols and their their templates, medical templates for how you use every single room in that space given that they have not done so and from what i gathered from the health planner there even the ministry of health does not know what is going on down there so they are building four walls a roof and a floor claiming that it will be a 90 bed unit it could not be and it will never be an hospital a 90 bed unit it has to be accredited for any surgeon to practice in Otherwise, such a surgeon can be barred from practice. So, the, the, I don't know who is guiding them. They, they know full well they're not going to deliver anything called hospital. It's going to be like a health center. No more than that. Um, so, we, we, we can be clear on that. That there isn't going to happen. We, they will not be able to talk to accreditation Canada or any other accreditation body if they have not yet started to speak to them. And had they been speaking to them they would have had full designs to show to us and we would have known we would have had on ground people would have been speaking out already none of that is happening these guys are building a shell a factory shell hospital um, is a no-no for viewfort and the horses have a better deal in viewfort right now than any average citizen of this country
0: so you see when you move past the glugler and the renderings all of what St. Jude's was being that was being done at St. Jude's under Stevenson King and under Kenny Anthony had accreditation companies or um, bodies like Accreditation Canada, UK, and so on. And they even had commissioning teams, which meant that they were ready to open section by section because a hospital is built sequentially. And that's why it also takes time. In the Caribbean and third world countries, a hospital can take an average of five to eight years to be built. Stevenson King had the unenviable task of trying to finish the OKEU and St. Jude's reconstruction because of the fire. Kenny Anthony came in and found no identifiable source of funding. He had to go to borrow money from the Taiwanese. By the time he got it, he got his licks in the election, but he never stopped working on St. Jude's. Guy and Chastain, on the other hand, stopped St. Jude's to do an audit as if you have to stop a project to an audit. Can you imagine if the UNR airport had to be audited and you had to close it down? Or the Ministry of Finance had to be audited, so you had to close it down. Or the government of St. Lucia or Victoria Hospital or OKEU had to be audited, so you had to close it down. Is a bullshit excuse. The fact of the matter is, there was even an audit done from 1987 to 2014, while the Labour Party was in office and still working on St. Jude's. So they stopped it for two and a half years. And now they've put this magnificent, glorious, monstrous box that cannot be accredited because nobody was working in lockstep with an accreditation company or, or facility or agency, like they were doing with the existing centuries facility. So now you have to ask yourself who would be able to commission that? Well, Cayman could, because Cayman always wanted a box, and Cayman wanted a box that they didn't care whether it passed accreditation standards for Canada or for America, or for Germany, or for England, or for France, or for even Taiwan. They wanted it to pass for their own Indian standards. The only problem with that is, it means that now St. Lucia is locked into Indian standard healthcare. And take, for example, our nurses, whether they are trained in Cuba or wherever, St. Lucia is a hub where our nurses are heavily recruited by Canada, by the UK, England, in the United States, they pay them three, four, five times what they would get paid here. And we've lost under Shasne at least 183 nurses based on what he's tried to do with regards to OKEU and privatization for Cayman. But worse than that, folks, is that Cayman is such shit that even in Cayman, the people who work at Cayman are not allowed to practice outside of Cayman facilities, not practice outside of cayman islands themselves but even within cayman islands they cannot practice outside of cayman facilities so right now we have borrowed 94.5 million dollars from the taiwanese to build phase one of three which still leaves the cladding phase mechanical phase was four phases and the civil works phase left to be done and no dates announced for those We're going to get a box that is an actual downgrade from a general hospital, which is what we had, down to a district hospital, a.k.a. a polyclinic. It's not going to offer the same services that the existing structures would have. It duplicates other services. It's going to be impossible to run because it's just too damn big to have two facilities like that on the island, let alone have it like that. And then worse than all of that, the people the only people who can certify it, accredited it, and operate it will be Cayman Indians who standard their standard of medical practice is considered to be low so low lower than what we have right now with our nurses that their own nurses and doctors cannot even practice outside of the facility and because they will say i am just some political operative who is just talking shit i want you to go you can google it and you can go on youtube and see it an investigation of cayman done by the cayman government officials in 2016
7: copy as like additional notes because I'm I'm saying and yo, I'm budget budget whole so of Finance party you can the opportunity sa to buy notes to arrive. I'm to at all had invested two million dollars to pay notes um, to but sell aja yo party me. And you can just pay for
5: pay, session. So, contract like that, in position, you can a position contract. you can't have And on have you have but but but, but but, but, not But c'est But right, left. Left, left.
7: Left. Left. what
5: about Monsieur? What about Mr. 31 million? I am not know if you have right. a right. So, government
2: will pay for all of the salaries of the doctors and the nurses at primary and secondary health care. Wow. That will not be included as part of the insurance costs. Government will pay all of the utility costs. And government will pay for all of the capital costs associated to health care in this country.
5: Can you believe that? Can you believe this man? You are privatizing the hospital because you cannot find the $52 million necessary to operate the hospital annually. Notwithstanding you gave away $54 million in VAT in, in collection. But you are telling the people you will pay all of those things including the salaries of foreigners.
3: And the public might get some idea of what has been negotiated on their behalf without their knowledge State into the record who you are and what your role is at the hsa we, we we're looking at the auditor Generals report where he talked about the health city deal that was negotiated and i um, i'm wondering if you have any um, concerns about the the agreement and um, what effect it, it, it could have on the uh, standards of, of the medical profession in the country.
0: Part the exclusivity of the arrangement that is um, outlined in the contract gives cause for concern.
3: In fact, um, if a Caymanian was to avail themselves to the promised training by Health City, they could not work in the wider community even after they got their qualifications there because they could only be licensed for that institution.
5: That is correct. Yeah.
1: identify with the most pulsating, the most riveting, the most eye capturing, to advertise with UTV, dial 484-7588 or 572-7588 for some of the most competitive rates, amazing programming, and bang for your buck. The most popular streaming channel, UTV124, on Facebook. Get it now! Check us out on Instagram at UTV124. Email us, utvslu at gmail.com. It's not just for me. It's definitely TV for you.
0: Welcome back and thank you for staying with The Revolution. Folks, yes, the Prime Minister has said that he is a leader of a counterintuitive government. But every day you put on the international news, whether it's BBC, whether it's Al Jazeera, whether it's MSNBC or CNN, and you realize just how counterintuitive it is for us to be the first island in the Caribbean, breaking its ass, to open ourselves up, opening our border for tourists from the United States. Suggesting on protocols that they themselves don't even want to implement. And now, while it's glaringly obvious to us, which it should have always been, that we have no control over global tourism or global air travel. We also have the huge contradiction of having a state of emergency preventing airlines from coming in legally because they don't fly. Ninety nine percent of them don't fly into countries that are under a state of emergency. And a prime minister who has said that they have contained the health situation with regard to covid, but won't open up for what can only be described as ulterior motives, extending the state of emergency all the way to September. And saying it's because of things like to keep the Cuban doctors here. Well, right now the Cuban doctors have nothing doing. They should be teaching us salsa at this point. I don't know if we need up until September. Because I myself might need more work to help me do that whole step. one, two, three, one, two, three. But all of that said, the focus for him is entirely one track mind on, on tourism. And if tourism can do nothing like most experts are predicting, at the very least six months... So from now to Christmas, we will not have recovered in, with regard to tourism. Nobody's saying abandon tourism, but get real. According to Norbert, I'm keeping it real. Well, in reality, tourism cannot come back realistically to any measure like it was before until well into 2021. So what are the other islands doing? I've showed it to you before. I'm showing you again. The other islands are focusing on agriculture. But here, not at all.
4: to say welcome to all of our listeners from across the Caribbean and we have people from other parts of the world joining us as well.
8: But what what is the the concern and where we are worried? We're worried on the dependency on tourism, as you all know. We are worried on the level of external debt that the countries have uh, and how this will affect the capacity of the country to be able to import the food that they import every day or what other options we have to cope and to increase uh, the resilience of of this country. So this table is showing what is the level of financial assistance needed by each of the islands to try to see how we can work with multilateral organizations like the IMF to find solutions to to this. And the IMF is opening several mechanisms to support in in the sense to provide the financial support that will allow to cope for the period of the base of the EU uh, of the recession that we will be facing. Why is so important? Because of the decline in tourism that will be affecting the region substantially. There is a substantial collapse in tourism that will continue for a significant number of months because the only way that tourism will be reactivated will be if a vaccine is identified or if a cure is identified. And we know that the vaccine won't be available from 12 to 18 months. So that's the, the time of the lower part of the U-shape that you will be facing and where we need to be careful about it. Not only that, that's excluding the, the recession. So let's assume that we find the vaccine, as some presidents say, by December. The recession still will be there, and that will also be affecting uh, the, the tourism. So, so we need to be thinking on those type of scenarios and how to cope with those. And, and the shock will be significantly higher. And now our expectation is that we are talking of a recession that will be more than 12 months, like initially was thought, that the recovery will be very fast. But this is not, seems to be the case
0: from our earlier read of this process whereas it, there are other factors that are involved in terms of the agricultural supply or the food supply as at this point in time we do not necessarily have a shortage what we have is what i argue as a misalignment of demand and supply which we therefore have to correct so but as we look forward at rebooting and treating with it we have to ensure that we secure our supply chain in terms of strategic procurement we also have to look at strengthening our ability to anticipate and meet demand and set out the phase recovery um, processes.
4: The CPO was uh, created by a uh, decision of heads on the, at the 18th special meeting in Trinidad and Tobago in 2018. And of course, by, by that, been, the heads uh, delivered on a commitment that was long contemplated by the region. The theme this morning we think is extremely important and the way we want to, to do this is to say that there are some major issues that the region's grappled with for some time and uh, at this juncture we want to leave three key messages behind. I think the first one is that the next 10 years will be critical for the Caribbean uh, not just uh, because of the period that we're engaged in but, but it will define what the Caribbean looks like in terms of investment going forward. I think the second message is that the private sector's involvement in the unfolding scenario of growth and employment and economic activity is going to be absolutely indispensable. We call it a sufficient condition for success. And the third message really is that investing in agriculture continues to be a very strong strategic move. Uh, agriculture has been recognized and agri-food has been recession proof. And, you know, we now know the, the dictum of many, many countries that, that if, uh, if there is a recession, people must eat. You
5: don't have. An organized marketing intelligence framework, you cannot properly calculate your return on investment. And what we are going to do within CARICOM, within the OECS framework, we are going to work to ensure that we address this matter by getting good production plans in place, getting the information available to all the stakeholders so that we are aware of what is taking place, not only at the level of production, not only at the level of export, but at the level of of the marketing and what is taking place in the marketplaces.